This is Gensoki Radio Live number 125 this evening. Welcome, folks, to a show that I wasn't entirely sure would happen this way, and it's still a little bit different than uh, was planned, but uh, I'll explain what that means in a second here. With me this evening, we've got our regular co-host, DMJ654, our wonderful music reviewer who has actually not reviewed anything in a handful of months, as happens sometimes, but uh, there you go. Yeah, hello. Uh, I'm hopped up on coffee, and I did not... I did not just figure out that I had a show here in 30 minutes. <laughs> I was not out in my living room trying to get Clone Hero to work on my Steam Deck. But here I am. <laughs> yeah, I pulled from the ether to uh, bring you here to the show. Oh, and, and we, also, uh, we also have one other person here. Uh, I guess if you wanted to take that away. Oh, hey, it's been a long time. It's, uh, it's DJ I Koishi. I, okay, look. I was planning on having like DMJ or myself introduce you, but yes, we I have. Was, I was about to, and suddenly I was like, "Okay." We have <laughs> one DJ Koishi with us uh, from the now currently somewhat silent to Komeji Records. It's been a long time since we've gotten the chance to actually talk with you, especially on one of these programs. I know it's been it's been a long, long time. I think the last time we had DJ Koishi. On. I think I was still in the apartment. Not like the old apartment, the old, old studio before I went back Jeez. to my parents' place. I think that was the last time, and that is a long time. That was a lot. It was, it's been like, must have been seven years or something, something like that. Exactly. If that's the case, then yeah, that's exactly it. I think the. I actually got it. I think it was the sh- two or three shows before. I had to move back. Yeah, I'm still mind-boggling. Yeah. I, I can't actually get a good read on when, like, how long ago that actually was. Yep, nope, that is exactly it. Because that's how Because lo- I'm pretty sure I didn't even have my job at Ford yet. Holy cow. That's <laughs> that's ancient history, practically. Yeah. No, no, I don't know. I seem to recall. No, maybe. No, maybe I no, because I sometime after. No, because I... I worked as a contractor, but I didn't come on fully at Ford. Oh, okay. So I was still at the, because I was still in the old apartment working at the plant, but I wasn't actually like part of the staff. I was a contractor. Gotcha. This was before I became a line worker. Yeah. This, that's, that's okay. old because I'm coming up on my, I'm about to cap out pay wise. That's how insane that is. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, because I come up on eight years this year. What? Yep, you've been gone that long. <laughs> I feel like I'm uh, like the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, where Link is just a, a dead for a hundred years. <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of which, Lunar, you ready for this? You want me to put? You want, to, want me to time this? Um, time it. I'm not even sure. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, I, I like surprises. The last time DJ Koishi was on, this was before Sean left. Oh, okay. This was before Sean left. This was before Breath of the Wild. This was before we even knew about that game. Yeah. Well, so I remember, gosh, actually, it might have been the same exact show where Sean had teased a project that he was on that he definitely couldn't talk about that was maybe <gasps> possibly bought, like for a handheld something or other by a well-known oh, game company. Oh, yeah. Because you were actually on that show when he said that. 
Yeah. Oh my god, I remember that. And then I remember. Oh my gosh, because I remember I was so show. surprised when I figured out what it was. <laughs> that was the same same show. Oh my gosh, that is how old this is. <laughs> oh my gosh, Koishi. This is like, you know how many we we have to do a complete new introduction for DJ Koishi now. Because nobody, there's, I can guarantee you, there's like probably a handful of people that would remember that era of GR. Yeah, like the last show that Sean was on, I'm looking back in our show list here. We had him on for live number 96, but that was specifically a show where he was a guest so that we could kind of get the chance to catch up with him after he had left. Because he left in 2017, like August of 2017 or like July or August, somewhere in there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh so before that would have been holy cow so we have to go all the way back to we had live number 79 where we were live at uh, anime boston but then before that man we had rashad he gone daybreak don maku it hasn't been that long no way that's, yeah, no, that's, it's it's been that long. It's, in Japan, it's a little scary. Okay, <laughs> our Japan show was live number fifty nine, so that's about when he <sighs> left. And then wow. the one before that, where uh, where DJ Koishi might have actually been with us. I mean, it was that wasn't it the show that you did had, at her house? We had Koishi on for uh, live number fifty seven, which was a couple of shows before Japan, and I think that was sort of a good like precursor because like the Japan ship we went with Koishi and a number of other folks. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out like was it? It wasn't like. Oh yeah, so we had a we had an all staff show, live number fifty. But that still that was a that was a staff show. It doesn't really make any sense. I don't know, man. It's been a long time. Dude, it's, it's been, been that long, long time. time. It's been way too long. So we're trying to come in and trying to like dig through our archives and just <laughs> like when was the last time? Where is this? We gotta to come. Where is it written on stone? <laughs> or or it's like uh, it's like Metal Gear Five where. Uh, Snake is in uh, in a coma for nine years. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Oh, God. you've been in a coma for nine years. It's like a uh, Markiplier. You've been in a coma. What was? <laughs> <laughs> that is that is that is you you are you are calling back to ancient times yeah. here, son. Uh huh. That's that's that, uh. That was the point. Oh my uh, gosh. Well, I'm looking forward to a new a new era. And uh, new music, hopefully. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, new it, new music for sure. I mean, speaking of new music, right? We've got a bunch of music that we're still trying to get through. Uh, in terms of, I mean, like it's what's what's old is new again is kind of what the store is like. But you know, we've got stuff that's still uh, got to make its way out there. For you know, we've got circles like uh, Yuhei Satellite, Shoujo Fractal. Alice's Emotion, uh, More Sisters Spread Eye. We have some of that already. Uh, what else is in this stack on my desk? We've got... Um, ooh. <laughs> the way you said that. <laughs> it sounded um, like you were like juggling. We've juggling got, like we've, a bunch of them. We've got a CD from Kissing the Mirror. Ooh, which is, I, I know, something that DMG was going to be interested in. Uh, Hello? What else here? Denkai Laboratory. Have you ever heard of them? I have not heard I have of Denkai not. Laboratory. Yeah, that's, that's a new I one am... to me. Um, have you heard of Evergrace? No. no. I feel like I've heard okay. that name, but I haven't heard I heard the, I think I, yeah, the same thing. I, like, I think I've heard the name. I don't think I've heard anything sure. from them, though. Sure, got it. Yeah, so, 
Uh, yeah, there's all of that, but then of course there's the stuff that we're playing tonight, and uh, you may not know this, uh, Koishi, but we have, for the last three weeks or so, been working through this sort of parade of CDs. It's We're just sort of... The point of the parade of CDs is to showcase to folks out there the physical side of music. It's the the side of music that a lot of people just tend to kind of forget about these days because everything is digital these days you know you can find yeah. it on your youtube music or your apple music or your spotify or whatever uh and obviously google play music at one point in time r.i.p but stuff that you know like a lot of people out there may not know this but stuff is still being produced and released primarily physically when it yeah. comes to music uh from the circles in japan so you've got a bunch of people out there that have been collecting music for years in physical format i've got my hand raised right now anyone in our chat and discord which by the way if you haven't joined us over there that's a discord.gg slash gensokyo that's g-e-n-s-o-k-y-o you can join us over there for the conversation uh, raise your hands if you've got physical music uh, or you've got some sort of collection i think all of us oh, in this me. room do yes and i have i've seen I've, I've seen the collections uh, of, of all three of us in here, but we want to, like, the idea was to, did, did I say Jin Sokyo? Jin Sokyo. <laughs> you you, you kind of did a little bit. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. To get Google to play Kinsokyo <laughs> Radio, yeah, you, <laughs> there's no way. I'm going to have to play that back. Um, you did. <laughs> okay. To get Google to play music, you can say, hey, uh, keyword here, you know, play the station on TuneIn or whatever. Uh, like, TuneIn's a good place to go to if you're trying to listen to music on, like, say, your mobile phone when our mobile app isn't working because it's not supported anymore, uh, or, you know, something like that. But you have to pronounce it with sort of the J sound. So, anyway. Um, putting well, that aside yeah the it's so the parade of cds it's really just to like there's a there's this whole physical side this aspect of like of of album design so you've got your front cover your back cover obviously but then like a lot of people do this really creative stuff with like the contents of the booklet the way that they print the cds and the artwork on the cds because you've got like it's not just like paper right you can get cds in a few different ways it's uh you know obviously you can do like a flat inkjet print type of thing where it kind of does look like paper you've got uh sort of a silver reflective uh kind of print that you can still print inkjet on uh some people have done screen printing so they'll literally just do this like kind of the same way that you do on a t-shirt right you just have like uh, a mask uh or some sort of a thing to cover portion, uh, portions of the of the CD, and they'll just squeegee a thin layer of ink onto the disc itself for the label. That's screen printing. But it creates this really cool effect because it's like sometimes can be really bold in terms of the uh, the design. Uh, you can print on a reflective silver label instead, something that like an inkjet printer is not going to be able to stick to. Uh, and it can make these really cool designs and so the the whole point is to just kind of showcase that to people and remind folks that hey you know this is really there's a there's this whole aspect that i want to just keep out there keep in you know somewhere in people's minds that as they enjoy the music whether it is physical or digital that there is this whole other side to it and uh it shouldn't be overlooked it shouldn't be forgotten about um especially because this stuff's still coming out new every year there's more. Sure. There's more stuff from from 
And the, the, I guess the most mind-boggling part of it to me is that a lot of these circles are smaller, independent of circles. Like, this isn't commercial. These aren't big companies making these. This is just, like, part of the craft. And that's that's the most mind-blowing part of it, for me, anyway. So essentially what this is... I the passion is. that a lot of these Toho circles have. So, mm. yeah, it's actually really crazy. But it's like, I was thinking to myself the other day, it's like, it's the difference between, like... I don't know how I put this, but, like, releasing your music digitally is, like... It's cool, but I don't know. It's just, like, the being able to physically hold something is actually oh, really yeah. nice. I mean, yeah, do it. Be, I mean, digitally releasing your music is fantastic. But I mean, I when when I collected Toho CDs was I don't know. I just liked the feeling of being able to hold the music that I'm listening to. And here's the oh, other, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's there's the more there's that side of it, but then there's the more practical side where you know. If, say, Google Play Music decides to shut down its services and you've got two and a half months to collect the stuff and you can only download it in 128 kilobit per second format, MP3, like, well, that's cool. But, you know, you paid however much for however many albums that you've collected over the years because it's been out there for, gosh, I don't even know how long it was out. But now all you have are files. You don't really have any practical proof that you even bought the CDs. You just have MP3 files. And that's like, I mean, cool, but also kind of sad. Especially if you lose those files. And I know that YouTube music kind of helps to prevent this particular scenario from occurring. You can upload it and it's like it's in the system or whatever. But if you lose those files, you're just out of luck. Like, you know, you, you paid, you know, nine or ten dollars for a digital album that you no longer have on a platform that no longer exists. Exactly. Uh, so yep. I, it's just and uh, like yeah, there, there is no there's no like solid solution to this either. Like CDs are ephemeral in the grand scheme of time. I mean, like everything is ultimately, but you've got CDs that are going to be around for 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 years if you treat them really well, but they will degrade over time. It's just, that's how it is. That's, yeah, exactly. That's just how it is. But yeah. You're going to be able to enjoy them. Uh, and especially like even, even if the CD itself is unreadable and you've got it in a digital format, you can point to something that's sitting on your shelf and say, hey, that's actually something I bought. That's something I have. It's something I own. And if you really want to, you can burn it to another CD to just sort of restart the cycle. But, uh, but you know, like the artwork, the design, that's, you know, that's something you still have, even if the CD itself is not readable anymore. You know, you know, what's a, an interesting take. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, eh, um, but the vinyls have taken off recently. Like. So, yeah. So DMJ and I have talked about this in past like live shows and some of our meetup events too, where, mm -hmm. you know, vinyl is coming back and, uh, believe it or not, I think there was something that came out, uh, some statistic, I forget exactly what, uh, what the group was like, I've used Statista before and some other stuff, but, uh, CDs apparently have been sort of on this downward trend since like the, the early to mid two thousands. And now we're at this point where CD sales have actually not continued to go down like they have for like the last 20 years or whatever. They've actually gone slightly up with over the last year. Oh, really? Yeah. 
So what, CD, yeah, CD sales, for whatever reason, and I think it's because people are starting to realize they can't really hold on to their music. Because I've been starting to notice very recently that there's a lot of music that are being scrubbed, not just from like Spotify, but like Spotify regionally. It's really weird. Like there'll be some like people be like, hey, I can access this song in Canada, but then somebody in like the US can't. Right, exactly. So yeah, I've noticed that with Apple Music, uh, there's an Ace Combat soundtrack that I was able to listen to up until about a few months ago, and now it's just region locked. Yep, it's weird. I don't get it, but like that's a thing. Yeah, I know it's it's, it's, com- it's very strange. That's why I've really thought about picking up doing physical, like actually buying physical CDs or vinyls again. Yeah. So. Uh, all that said, um, one interesting note about the music that we're playing in tonight's show is all music that we either have or had, because some of it's actually sold out actually, uh, uh, have on our store. So if you are looking for something physical and you don't want to mess around with international shipping or proxy ears or stuff like that, it's just another option that we have out there. Obviously, if you're in Japan or if you're planning on going there and you have the opportunity to buy directly from the artists, we always encourage that. But for folks who are just looking to collect and want to do it in an easier way, it's another option for folks to do so. That's over at Gensoki.store. Uh, we have stuff on this uh, show tonight. All the music that we're playing is stuff that you can find over there. Or obviously, like I said, some of it's sold out actually. So, because uh, uh, that's what happens when stuff goes out and people pick it up in relatively short order uh the 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 most ironic uh thing that to sell out in recent history is the album uh love from seraphit that sold out on valentine's day go figure (laughs) so (laughs) anyway uh so yeah we've got a number of things uh let's uh take a look into some music here if i can pull this up on my program we're doing a uh, song transition so this is a little slower than it should be let's man how in the world okay program if we can maybe it's trying to do stuff it's working really hard guys all right here we go uh we got the robots some... are working yeah <laughs> they're they're rolling up those gears uh, we've got something from a circle that is new to us, uh, TPSer. I don't entirely know 100% how to pronounce their name. Uh, the album's Conspirito. It, it is underrated, I think. This album is, like, the circle in general, and they're relatively short-lived, too. Like, they were only around for, like, three years or something. Uh, well, well, I think I've heard, I think I own Conspirito, actually. Really? Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I, I I don't know because I remember I don't know if it's actually owned or it's from the olden times, but I know I have the album somewhere on my phone. Okay, so I gotta go find it. Interesting. So yeah, we've got that, and we've got after that something from uh, the album Sparkle. It's gonna be another one from what is it? Sound Cyclone. So yeah, something again. I think new to us. Uh, we'll get through these, and then we'll return in a little bit here on Gensoki Radio Live number one hundred and twenty-five.
We're back here in Console Security Live number 125 this evening. At I am Lunar. We've got DMJ654 and a surprise guest, uh, DJ Koishi. Hello. Hello. So we were just talking about, uh, you know, off air here. The fact that one of, uh, th there's a certain computer mouse that sounds like it's, uh, how did you describe it? It's like if you were riding a bike, but you've got like a playing card hitting the spokes. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I was saying like DJ Koishi's mouse sounds like if you put like a playing card between the spokes of a bike, but like you did it on the scroll wheel. It's so, it's like, oh my gosh, that is the loudest scroll wheel I've ever heard in my life. Pretty much. All uh. right. So, um, you, we actually, we've got a number of things to talk about this evening, but uh, I'm not really going in any particular order. I wanted to get your opinion on something, DMJ. Gotcha. Uh, we've been talking for a while now about uh, getting stuff set up for our appearance at Toho Fest in April. Mm -hmm. And uh, you and I, I think, had sort of a different kind of idea about what the sound setup was going to be like. Yeah. I have a I have a picture for you. Okay. So I'm ready uh, to I'm, I'm ready to see. Is this is this something like a public reaction? Like I can say what it is. You you can um, yeah sure why not? Okay, because like I I'm interested to. See. Oh, oh, boy. <laughs> You can make it as uh, as clear or as ominous as you want. I'm gonna leave that up to you. So, guys, like, have you ever been to a gas station? <laughs> How does that? What? Hold on, hold on. You'll what? see. You'll see where I'm going. You'll see what I'm going. If you have been to a gas station, if you look up at the top where they normally are blasting like the worst hits from the early early 2000s, late 90s. Um, those are the speakers we got, but like they are don't sound like junk because they're brand new. Nice. That is what these are. And if you have not been to a gas station, at least in the United States, and heard how absolutely blaring they can be when they want to blast out uh, Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You" with at the top of oh uh, no, yeah, that's at the top of the volume at Spectrum. That's definitely what I that's had what at uh, for. That's what I was thinking of when I when I posted this. Because like. That is that is what these speakers are. They're they're really good. I don't know the exact brand or name, but I do know they're like pretty good outdoor speakers. Nice. Yeah. Well, they're so uh, the size might be a little deceiving. So the uh, from so there's there's a couple of mount points, and I'm not going to explain what this means to the chat at all. Uh, but from from one side to the other, that's ten feet. That is the actual width of what our booth is going to be. Okay. So. I just realized there's a lot to dissect in this image. Um, I mean, like, anything <laughs> that's not that special setup, you probably shouldn't comment on, because that's just the house. But, uh... Oh, oh, no, I was more talking about, like, the blinds are half, but, like, bottom? I've never seen that oh, before yeah, in my life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we've and, got top-down, bottom-up uh, blinds. You can do it either way. And then... I'm pretty sure that television sitting there still has a DVD player built into it. I mean, and it, I have not seen that in a long time, especially a flat screen uh, <laughs> with so a gloss cover. That doesn't have a DVD player in it. Oh. Uh, so that's what you're seeing on the front is just like the input panel uh, for okay. like our RCA and SVID, if you remember that, stuff like that. 
Oh um, yeah, dude. that's like Ancient if TV if you technology. if you wanted to plug in a, a game console like temporarily, that's how you do it in the olden days. You just plug it in the front. But um, no, that is the that's probably the oldest uh, screen we have in this house. It is a it is our one and only like the first and only uh, plasma television that my parents ever got. Plasma. 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 Whoa. Wow. What are we, Michael so, Scott? So when you turn it on, there are t- there are two fans in the back that that turn up and you can hear them because plasma TVs run hot. So oh, yeah, no. And yeah. Just every time I hear plasma TV, I just think of that time that that episode of The Office where they go to Michael Scott's house for a party and they're all like getting ready to watch out his flat his plasma screen TV and it's like 32 inches mounted to a wall and it looks like one that you would pull out of like an RV. Yeah. Like super small in the corner. Yeah. It's like this is my plasma. This is the only TV in your house. <laughs> uh, we got, we got one other one here. So in terms of uh, how it's mounted, uh, this is more temporary. We'd probably get something like zip ties or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a couple of different ideas here, right? So one is you've got that that mount point on the very top. And again, I'm not explaining this to anyone out there. You can just imagine, like, try to fill in the gaps if you want. Use your imagination. Uh, the mount point at the top can... So I was trying to figure out, like, if we have a canopy, there probably aren't very good mount points for this. So what if you just had the bar? And maybe there'd be some place to put that in the canopy. Or at worst, you just bring the whole setup, like what you see in that image there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then the other thing is, I was thinking if we wanted to try to f- like make it look a little bit nicer, what you could do is you could get uh, not really curtains, but like for, for the two sides, right? You've got like sort of the foundations and then you have to, like if you just want to cover that with something, you could get like, um, like we've got a couple of tablecloths or something that would probably be good fabric material for this. Mm-hmm. Where you just end up, uh, and, and it will also kind of look a little bit more substantial, but it also helped to fill the space a little bit. You know, I don't know the thoughts at all. Mm-hmm. Ah, see, I, I would have to actually dissect this, like, have more time to digest it, so I can take a look. Because right now, I'm kind of like looking at this right now, I'm like, oh, this looks nice, but then I need to like kind of like look at like, like booth that and boot booth. Let me take another sip of coffee real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Booth Depp. I did not want to say boot Depp. <laughs> I Why was not? Trying so, well, I was trying so hard not to flub my words. Like, I was like, you are going to be, like, my brain's like, you will be a coherent human being today. You will not just start speaking your typical gibberish that you speak around the rest of the world. And then, and then DMJ five seconds later, I'll get the boot depth. <laughs> go get some boot depth. Boot depth. <laughs> so we're gonna go take a look at that boot depth there. Yeah. So <laughs> it's okay. You already know this. It's ten squared, right? So like that's ten yeah, feet yeah, across. 10 you also have to yeah. imagine ten feet deep. So we have, yeah. there's there's a considerable amount of space there. Yeah. I just need to like imagine it and then like kind of put it all. I kind of figure we've got you know so here's the thing with with any speaker setup obviously you want your table you want your like if you have microphones they need to sit behind the speaker otherwise that's how you get feedback in case you didn't know so yep. uh yeah so you got the table that sits a little bit behind this anyway um i figure the way that i've always had my mixer 
is it's always sitting to my left so that like as like for the 100 plus shows that I've done up to this point 125 uh, more than that actually just with the uh, specials and everything else but the the mixer whatever control panel I've got is always on my left side so that I've got my my mouse uh, with my right hands and I can control you know like type or like scroll documents or uh, click on songs or adjust things or, or whatever mm-hmm. it's just the way it's always been and when we did our live show in Boston that one time, uh, we had to have me sit on the right side of the table in relation to the way that we're facing, um, because that's just where the only power input was. Uh, otherwise, ideally, it would have been on the left side. So the way I imagine this, in an ideal situation, is that I'm on the left side of the table. To my left, we've got um, probably a box that's just like one of the cardboard boxes that we use to ship the stuff with. And then the newest thing we've got is on top of that, I actually have acquired, um, it's still in shipping, so I don't actually have it here yet, but uh, we have a 6U uh, gear rack. So if you know, if, if you're familiar with what a, a 1U of unit is, it's, it's a one and three quarters inch high uh, space and I think 19 inches across and that is what you would mount like servers in for example like computer servers but also this is a standard that a lot of other things use as well so you have like networking equipment obviously like anything in the computer realm that makes sense but also a lot of audio gear uses that standard too so like I've got a compressor sitting in front of me that's got little like rack mount tabs on the sides but I don't have anything to put it in unless I want to put it in like the rack in our utility room which is for networking stuff so that doesn't make any sense but for something like trying to get some of our gear over to Toho Fest in April perfect that's uh that's how we're doing it cool that actually sounds really cool I would also like to thank one Amingo in chat for showing me exactly how long 10 feet are <laughs> ah. a scientific measurement that is very much appreciated very yep. helpful and I will definitely copy paste this into my architecture document for the new, new uh, skyscraper I'm gonna build yep I'm, I'm gonna engineering I'm gonna, degree that I don't have I'm gonna take yeah. a I'm gonna take a Let's photo go. using my phone of my computer screen I literally so that I have this as a measurement for reference later on. Where he took a picture of, of a tape measure. <laughs> he took what? a picture of a tape measure because he couldn't take the tape measure with him. And then he sat what? there with the zoom and he's like, does this look like an inch? I'm like, I'm <laughs> like, bro, do you not know how like <laughs> measure, like how to use the tool that you're supposed like you, that's not how an inch works. No. You're a maintenance guy. Oh dear! Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I have to sit there. He's like, he, well, he had a yellow vest on, so there's like two things he could, you could, three things you could be. You could be a supervisor, okay, that understandable. An engineer, you should be smarter than that, or, or somebody who works in maintenance, and you're like, you should already know how to work with a tape measure. Why don't you have one? Can you imagine what trade shows would have been like in a time before standard measurement was a thing? So you'd have people, like, you'd tell people, yeah, you can have a 10 by 10 foot booth. And then when you actually get there, you have some booths that are really tiny. You have some booths that are way too big. And you're like, man, what gives? And it's like, well, in order to measure this, all I did was like 10 paces. One, two, three. I measured with a foot. Oh, I, and I did 10 bananas. 
I'm pretty sure in medieval England that's what they did, but they had like some. They probably used like they probably had some sort of a measurement where it's like a cast of the king's foot, and that's what they used. A cast. Like, that's why they did yeah, that's what they it got is. angry at each, yeah. and they got angry at each other because hey, why is your booth bigger than mine? Well, like if I remember correctly, I'm now a disclaimer. I'm not a historian, but I'm pretty sure the foot was based on the king or queen's foot size and literally the measurement would change depending on the ruler so like yeah i'm pretty sure that's how it is i'm again not a historian but i'm pretty sure that's how we got this i don't know how we got here what um, got a show yeah i was i was showing you an image of our speakers uh, that we got and then i was like yeah by the way those are 10 feet apart and then you were like i can't visualize a 10 by 10 space it's like well i said it's a i didn't say this but it's it's 100 square feet so that's cool but then we i actually you know what Juan Amingo, it's your fault i figured it out what a Juan Amingo? <laughs> so dj koishi Ah. <laughs> we got DJ Koishi here. Yeah, we do have DJ <laughs> Koishi. Uh, we should probably get into a little bit because it's been so long you've been uh, since the last time you've been with us. Who are you? What what is it that you've done? Who am I? This is like that scene from uh, that Jackie Chan movie. Who am I? Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> oh. I remember what. <laughs> so, oh, so that's why it's called a ruler. Some someone says in chat. <laughs> DMJ doesn't oh, get right. it. Oh no, I get it. It's okay. just like, oh, okay. that's great. That's, uh, that's a great one. Very good laugh. Can somebody ban that pun? Can somebody ban them for that pun? Is that a banable offense? Uh, I can't even like give them a new nickname because it's just numbers. Well, okay. Well, because like that was a thank that you. Was a, that was a pun. Thank you for your contribution, user four hundred fifty-five thousand four hundred forty-seven. Moving on to the next topic now. <laughs> So, DJ Kamishi, who, who are oh, you? Who am I? Oh, ah, uh, that's the question. Question of the uh, of the show of the of the show yeah. and the decade, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Near a decade. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I mean, gosh, since it's been it's been eight years, I uh, I still I still pretty much go by DJ Koishi. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh. In in recent time, we've actually started a, a game company here in the past year. We actually got an LLC through, um, and we're called Snag Type Studios. Uh, but I also kind of do, since uh, DJ Satori doesn't really do music anymore, I kind of uh, like have my own, I still make Toho music, but it's kind of just on my own okay. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I pretty much am just going by DJ Koichi, just by my name, because I'm the only one really in the group. I just, yeah, just mostly doing independent, but I'm also looking at, uh, doing collaborations with people more so. There you go. So, yeah, and I've been, I've been talking to a few people, um... Uh, on Facebook and on Discord about doing a couple Toho collaborations, like different artists and then people who make music also. So uh, I'm actually working uh, right now. I have FL Studio open. I'm working on a piece. Um, uh, uh, the first, I think the first stage theme uh, from Toho 18. Uh, I haven't actually worked with any of the new music. Uh, 
pretty much at all since like Toho 13. Hmm. Or like, that is a long, yeah, it's been a long time. Do you remember the days 13 when came out? Yeah, like Koenji Records, which is the circle name for both DJ Koichi and DJ Satori, as was mentioned earlier. Yeah, uh, they were. At once upon a time, they were known for publishing music like as soon as the demo dropped and there was new music in it, they would be one of the first, if not the first circle possibly in the world to make some sort of fan made arrangement of that song. I that think was one I'm... of my favorite times. That was honestly, uh, what was it? The wasn't there one where you like spun one out in like near 24 hours or something like that? I mean, oh god. One of the first projects we did, uh, this must have been 10 Desires. It, I feel like it was 10 Desires. It had to have been because that's when I, I was like, that was when I started doing TMR. So, yeah. Mm. I, I remember I was still in high school. So it was, I feel, it was definitely 10 Desires. But I remember uh, Satori and I literally <laughs> got, there was, there was a server we were in. This was before Discord. Um, yeah. This was back in the Skype days. This oh, is yeah. Skype days, yes. So For this sure. Is, this is several years before Discord. Uh, there is a Where Is My New Tuhu group. Oh. That I would I was in, and I <laughs> was that more for like a character thing, or uh, or or like just the games in general. That was just for the the games. That was uh, they would send somebody out. Someone would go to Comic Cat. Uh, and they would go find the booth mm -hmm. and then they would immediately get try to be the first person in line to get a copy and then they would they would have a computer with them they would go to oh. a resting area no no that's not yeah oh, man that's not how, it's not that's, not how that's, work, that's yeah it was it was a bit of a not something i would agree on doing right. now nowadays well, obviously yeah, obviously but that was like Boy. But that was the early, early but age of people. Kinda... Like, look for the sake of history, that is something that used to happen. Uh, I don't, I don't think that really happens anymore, especially yeah. because it's it's a lot easier to find digitally. You know, like Steam is a thing. Yeah. The official games are published on Steam. Fan games are digital, and they are available as ever. Like, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. This was this was pretty. This, I mean, this wasn't early, obviously, but this is still kind of like. Before we got, this was even before we got the first Toho game on Steam over yeah, in America. Like, yeah, this was pre. What I would call like there is an era of of this of like Toho Toho proliferation that's like pre and post AWA twenty thirteen. Yeah, this was know? this was like AWA era like 2014, 2013. Yeah, it was like way before that because if it, if it's Ten Desires, that was like before that because there was another game that came out shortly after. That came out after, because if I remember correctly, Ten Desires came out. Was it 2013 or 2012? 20, it was 2012 because I was still in my dorm in college, and mm. then 2013 was when I got moved to the province. Gotcha. So there was that. So that is when, yeah. So yeah, that was before that was before AWA, which is crazy to think about. Oh, like Ten Desires yeah. feels so new to me. Today I got dated, and it was it hurt <laughs> because I'm sitting at sitting down on the couch. This is literally right before the show, and I'm scrolling through my YouTube recommended. And you know how sometimes like like YouTube recommended like sometimes throws something from your like watch later in there. Mm -hmm. 
I haven't used my watch later playlist since I was in high school. Yeah. I've got, so suddenly, yeah. suddenly like a song sneaked in there and it was like, uh, what was it? It was uh, ghost walking by lamb of God. And it said 11 years ago, like there's no way that album came out yesterday. There's no way. Oh, <laughs> that is like that old. So I had to sit there for a minute and I just like, I'm, am I, am I old? Am I, am I withering to dust? Am I a dust person? Are my bones made of dust? Several years ago, there was a point where YouTube stopped recommending me the like new releases from Linus Tech Tips and it just recommended me like really old stuff where it was either like they were still tied to NCIX or it was from like that house that they were all in at one point the early way i keep getting early wan shows I'm yeah like early wan show i'm like i actually Whoa. i have i've seen like maybe one or two of those but otherwise that whole era of wan shows is an enigma to me like no wait, Blonde no, Linus? Yeah, yo, like frosted tip oh Linus. gosh <laughs> that era it was a whole Linus. phase man and it was oh, just like, a phase this, mom this was back this was back like when they thought whole house cooling was like a thing. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, when they had the whole house cooling in the Langley house. Oh God. I just, I imagine, or no, I remember seeing that, that one guy who like, he was probably knew a, a thing or two more than they did about plumbing in general. And he's just in there with like copper piping and it's leading into like the, the, just why why the radiators hanging out the yeah, window and on the roof and they've got like covered with tarps or whatever for whatever reason it's just like man i remember the inspector the day that they left in 2015 they go to their new their current building the inspector did not like that oh yeah the inspector probably is just like oh canadian inspection standards are probably way higher than the u.s yeah. they're probably sitting there like oh my gosh this is the, the, we're gonna bulldoze this place <laughs> Yeah, they, they just condemn the entire property because there's 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 too much copper piping exposed. It's like you can't like, have this outside the wall, sir. You need to have it in the wall. I feel like that's how it, it's going to be when they when they eventually have to leave like their new office, this current campus. They're just like they're going to look at all the cabling and stuff that they've kind of snuck around oh, that place, no. and they're going to be like, so like, are you guys stealing cable no, or something? Because, or like what? Because there's a video of them they did recently where they literally they they literally traveled like. From because they have two campuses now. They have their regular campus and then their their new workshop. Yeah. And so they they literally took a Gosh. cable, an internet fiber cable, oh. so they didn't have to pay for two different sets of uh, like really good fiber internet. <laughs> they tried tackling that problem a couple different ways. For anyone who's not aware, all you need to know is that there are basically two different buildings that they're trying to get internet to. Right. So they've got their main building, but then they've got the second one that's still relatively newer. And they did, uh, I forget exactly what it was called. It was like whale land or something. They basically did like a, a, a land party for a little bit in this new building that they had before they started putting a, a bunch of stuff in it for the lab. Anyway, so the internet problem, right? One building is internet, one doesn't. They tried doing this a couple different ways. And that's the same song. Thanks, scheduler. Uh, they tried doing this a couple different ways. They tried doing it wirelessly with like one of Ubiquiti's really fancy wireless internet beams or whatever. Like basically they got onto the roof of both buildings and then they positioned two satellite dish looking things at, at one another to, to form that link. And it was really cool. Like you, I think you could get like up to well, like two and a half gig 
the internet doing that. So it was really cool. But for whatever reason, they decided to do the low tech route as well, or try it, where they literally opened up one of like the fire exits from their main building. They had this absolutely gigantic spool of cabling that was like, I mean, they, 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 he references this spool that's like basically almost as tall as he is. And he's like, yeah, this whole thing was less than a grand. Pretty surprising, right? And he proceeds to yep. just uncoil it. He takes the cable, which is like, it, like an inch or two thick. It's ridiculous. And he just hauls it over his shoulder and he starts walking the like 300 to 500 feet or whatever it is to the other office. And he does this by pulling on the cable continuously, going behind like this fence and through all these trees. At one point, one of the other tenants in that area was like, you with the city? Cause he's got like a hard hat and stuff to protect his, his head from like the branches and stuff that he keeps running into. And he's like, oh no, I'm actually just like cutting down this, uh, this, uh, what is it? Um, uh, buckthorn, like this, this, you know, uh, like these little oh. in invasive trees basically yeah. uh and he's like oh well okay you're not from the city you're another tenant but you're also like getting rid of those annoying things great cool sounds good to me and then he just kind of left him alone <laughs> <laughs> i swear like, that was a great episode <laughs> there is a uh there's just something in the water up there <laughs> it's like for me i would just be like yeah it's it's called celsius it's called celsius <laughs> Oh gosh! So, so we've kind of gotten to what you were doing, like between the last time we talked to you, but and, and now, and it again, it just feels so long. It's insane, isn't it? Like eight it's years. So long. You got, you got. Okay, so you talked about you opened up a game studio. Have you released anything yet? No. Right now, we're in the middle of. So, um, we have three people right now. It's gonna. It's myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, then we have James. And mm -hmm. Reg James. So James, the one who is formerly DJ Satori, uh, is the one who's doing most of the front-end coding for the game. And Reg right now is doing most of the asset building. Mm -hmm. And then I am doing most of the... Uh, pretty much anything else that needs to be done in the studio. So like music, music-wise, uh, making sound effects for the game, and then uh, marketing outwards of our game studio okay so like you got you got you said you got a project probably in the works yes yeah we do so uh right now because yeah right now we're kind of just kind of mixing through what we want to make because we've kind of we've started one thing and then we'll be like okay that's interesting but we want to try something else to see if we really stick on something if you get it like mm -hmm. We want to really, like, want to make a game, uh, like, but we want to really make sure that we want to go all the way through with it, pretty much. Mm -hmm. We don't want to get halfway and be like, oh, I don't want to make this anymore. Right. Okay. So, right now, we're sort of just trying to figure out what genre we want to make. We've made a lot of prototypes for things. We've made like an Ace Combat sort of typed game. Um, and we've done like a shoot 'em up sort of style. We've tried kind of like just a bunch of different ideas. And we're just kind of 
trying to decide what we want to do first. What our first release we want to be is going to be. Makes sense. I've, I've seen some like images of uh, like works in progress and stuff. It looks pretty cool so far. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not really. I'm not entirely sure what's uh, what's going on, but obviously that's kind of the nature of anything work in progress. You're just seeing a thin sliver of the whole picture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it, that work. I'm, I'm very familiar with a lot of work in progress games and like how like de at least within the dev world like how things shift very very yeah frequently. because um as a star citizen uh player uh happens a lot as a star citizen yeah because yeah because we run into the problem of since we're only a team of three uh our knowledge only goes so far so there's specific things that we need to like obviously so james has like uh a bachelor's in computer science so he has the ability to do a lot, but there's um, a lot of coding specifically to actually building a game that we don't fully know yet. So we're just kind of like building on the knowledge that we have right now. <laughs> That's why making a game takes so long. Yeah. Well, especially with a small team, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because you have to build along with that, um, build an engine, too. If you don't want to use Unity or, you know, like, Unreal. Mm-hmm. All right. We've, um, I think it's, we've got to take a little bit of a break here, but uh, let me get through some names first. We uh, do this every show. We've got a list of countries and listeners here. Uh, a shorter list, I think, but i um, not sure what's going on there. Right now, tonight we've got uh, people listening from, in no particular order here, actually I think this might be alphabetized, uh, Australia, Brazil, Canada, Finland, Germany, Hungary, Japan, Ukraine, the UK, and the US. And that is it for the moment. We've got uh, a small handful of people. we got more people listening than this, but uh, as for who is registered, who has logged in at least for once from wherever they're listening, don't have to be actively logged in. I say this pretty much every time. But we've got Chris1, uh, Garden, Pachi Kurosame 6A, I remember that move. Man, that's a reference. Rivari and Wanamingo. So thanks everyone for tuning in this evening. Alright, let's head into a couple more things here. We've got one thing from Demetori, after that something from South of Heaven. Both of these, of course, are available on our store. So, uh, we'll get started with Demetori and be back here in just a little bit. And it's Oki Radio Live number 125.
connection here with Gensoki Radio Live number 125. It's Lunar DMJ and uh, DJ Koishi. Hi. Where'd we leave off with the uh, the topic? I think we were trying to figure out who DJ Koishi is. Uh, they were yeah. didn't really fully know who they were themselves, so we're just kind of trying to help them discover or rediscover themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> discover. I... Who am I? I just woken up from like a coma. <laughs> we, we already Who made that joke. <laughs> it's been nine years. Yeah. It's, it's been, been 84 nine. years. Oh, when we get into Halo uh, 4, you're going you're gonna to learn what a coma can do to <sighs> somebody. Okay. We need, we're going to be getting into that. We need to we need I, a schedule time for that. Am I supposed to be... Is, it, is that a threat? Am I supposed to be concerned or... Uh, well, it's jarring, which is why I have to have like two like preamble sessions prior to us playing. Jarring is is that so supposed to be a, po- a pun for some sort of like cryo sleep pod? Hmm. Okay. Yes. yes okay. Got it. <laughs> you gotta open it up. What is it? I got uh, that one. Like, right. Opening the hushed casket, I think it's what it's called. Uh-huh. Unsealing the hushed casket. Unsealing the hushed casket. I mean, he just he just knows like the name of most campaigns at this point. I know the names of most levels. It's actually pretty uh, gross. Yeah. Uh, I wish it's actually uh, awful, and I wish I could have not actual real usable knowledge in my head, but unfortunately, it doesn't leave. <laughs> like I would love to be able to do calculus. No, that's not going in there. <laughs> Gotta replace it. I have to replace it with the the whole reason, like every single suffix to every single uh, covenant, uh, elite covenant uh, hierarchy. So, you know what? Whenever somebody tries to say what an, what uh, an I at the end means or a me at the end, I know exactly what rank that people are. But nope, no calculus. I could probably uh, launch a rocket if I had space in my brain, but unfortunately, uh the entirety of the Covenant's history is stuck there. Mm. It's a problem. Alright. You know how so, it goes. Before the show even began, I uh, was trying to show DMJ. I discovered a way to mimic the voice of the... Was it the Arbiter? The Arbiter. And, uh, yeah. He, he was like, no, you're doing it wrong. It has to be more like this. I'm like, yep, alright. Should have known. Where were we? We were on that. We were doing the topic. Hey, hey, DJ Koishi, what's your favorite album? What's my favorite album? Oh, oh. I mean, this is That's... easy for DMJ. He's the one who wrote this question, and he's like, "Oh, I know that answer right away." You ask me this question, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, no. I, I feel have... like if I if I had to pick one, um, I would probably have to say Space Electro. Ooh, okay, Space Electro. Oh. Um, I mean, that's a circle, but that gets you in a in somewhere. Sorry, I, I like love every single one of their albums. Oh uh, yeah, they're say, all I, good. I would have to say Toho Remix EDM Five. Okay. And if I were to have to pick a favorite song on said album, I would say number four, which is uh, Roy G. Biv, the Alice Medics Remix. Okay. Yeah, the first time I picked up any of their work was actually when we were both at C92. Otherwise, before that, I didn't even know they were a thing. So, oh, it was a, it was a good discovery. Man. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love Space oh, Electro. They're so good. Wow. The second I heard that song, I made I made a I made a, a like I learned I learned how to make the genre of that. Ah. Like the the future bounce. Future bounce. I like like how would I because I was oh. trying to explain to somebody like what new funk is and what new disco is and it's like a f- not a lot of people new like disco I am a- is oh, if I were to if I were to describe to new disco to somebody it would be it'd be like an, a very fast paced upbeat uh, disco beat in all honesty <laughs> like I like I would tell somebody like okay like think of like a funk song and now add an electro back to it. Yeah, that's basically what fu- what that that is. Because like, because like I could describe somebody like future funk, and they would understand what that is. And then I'll be like, okay, take future funk and just make it a little faster, and that's new disco. And it's just it's so weird. Like I phys- like, there's a lot of people in my life that have f- learned what Shibian is, and I don't even know what circle that is. You're gonna make me pronounce it, and I know I'm gonna butcher it. I'm just gonna drink my coffee here and not. Ah, <sighs> oh, I'm gonna play the game. <sighs> the game sucks. <laughs> it makes my head hurt. It makes me. Hey, <laughs> question: If we were to, if we were to, back in the day when we had like verification, we you know the three questions for our Discord server. One of them is who created the Toho Project series. <laughs> what would DMJ's answer be? <laughs> He doesn't want to say it because he doesn't say it like most people. Son. Uh huh. Yeah. Or, yeah, because I, I, back in the day, I owned a Zune. And the way it's spelled in my head when I see Zune is Z U N E. That's the music, the the music player. So when it comes to the person who made the Toho Project series, because it's missing that E, it's not pronounced Zune. You crazy? Listen, look. I don't make the rules, DMJ. I just, I try to <laughs> adhere to them. Language is a construct, just like time. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> this all doesn't will ma- won't matter in a hundred billion years where we'll all be speaking the same common language across the galaxy, which would be completely indistinguishable from everything else. Yeah, just more us code. Yo, I would love the fact that human language would devolve into Morse code where we just lose all vocal cords. Because then at that yeah, point, because <laughs> then at that point, we would have to like devolve into like blob people. That's the oh. only thing I can see. Like, you people at that point. Jimmy Neutron predicted the future, okay? You're just, you're just walking up to people and they just. So you're telling me. So you're telling me. Egg people. That the egg people. And children who can breathe in space without space helmets will be real one okay, day. Okay, actually, you know that's a that's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> because like I don't know if you remember that, but that I was, definitely like, do. I'm like, are they in space right now? Is that is it? <laughs> if I remember correctly, even in the movie that predates the TV show, the hair moved in space as if there was air, and they had to scream as if they was oxygen. So. I have no uh, space helmet, but I can scream. <laughs> but you know what? You know what probably does pre- predict the future? SpongeBob. Sp- uh, SpongeBob, really? Because that's where we're all going to go one day. We're just all going to, you know, we're just all going to leave Earth. And all that's going to be left is what we nuked behind. Because if you don't know, uh, SpongeBob 
takes place in the Bikini Atoll where a bunch of nuclear bombs went off. If you look very carefully, there are bombs all over town. Yeah. In Bikini Bottom. Okay. I mean, that makes sense, right? Yeah. I know... Like I said, I have lore about things I shouldn't have, and I and I should actually have something the, useful in my head. The percentage, if we were to draw this on a pie chart, the amount of useless information that DMJ has stored in his brain noggin is, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I would ace at any sort of like trivia game night. But if I, you put me in a life or death, you have to solve this math problem situation. I'm counting on my fingers because I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I sit there. What was it? The fact that there's a game. If you guys, there's a game show, very nerdy. It's like Jeopardy, but for comedians and nerds called Um Actually. Oh. And I sit there and I watch that show. And I can pick out, like, there's some things, like, you bring up Lord of the Rings lore. Yeah, I don't know Lord of the Rings lore. That's too dense for me right now. But I could get a lot of that stuff right. Nice. Because the whole premise of the the whole premise of the game is, like, you they read a prompt, and you have to find what in that prompt is untrue. Mm-hmm. And you, the only way, the only way, you got to be like, um, actually, this, 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 uh, yeah, this so, person so didn't you're, do this. So you're correcting the prompt, basically, with your answer. Yeah, that that game show, by the way, is hilarious because they have nothing but like top tier comedians on there. Is it the, the, the same people that do like Game Changer and stuff? Yep. Yep. Okay. Brandon Lee Mulligan yep. and all of the the cast. Boy, howdy, is that fun? That is a fun game show to watch. I could watch that all day if I could, but there's just too much lore in my brain. Yeah. In case you want to know where some of the folks from like College Humor went, just look over there. Yeah, look at Dropout TV. I, I have a subscription. It's it's actually top tier comedy. If you have not seen Game Changer, uh, Make Some Noise, um, actually anything from Dimension Twenty is absolutely. If you're a D and D fan, oh my gosh, it's, yeah. Dimension Twenty is some of the best stories I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's so good. And then, um, yeah, that's a thing. So, um, Kuishi, I got another question for you. Sure. Yeah, oh, I'm not Kuishi. Sorry. <laughs> yeah you're not <laughs> go right you ahead let's see if the, i can get this answer saw, correct uh did you wake up nano today <gasps> that's an old callback that's oh. a, that's so old that's ancient history that's ancient history did you wake up nano today wakey wakey remember that i, I still love the fact that you slept through Nano, Nano had to call you. <laughs> like, oh we yeah, did we have that clip somewhere? Don't we? Yeah, yeah, we do somewhere. It's the funniest thing ever. It's, it's Skype call days, right? Is that Skype or was <laughs> yeah. that? Um, that was... so that call actually happened on a real phone. Well, I know it happened on a real phone, but we were all together in a uh, in a call together, I think. And then that's when Nano put it on speaker. He's like, you were supposed to wake me up, and you were waking up. <laughs> that was that was fun. Those were fun times. True. There was some. If I can, those were. If I can find it before the end of the show, I'll uh, I'll play it for you guys. Oh my gosh, it's so funny! It's so funny. Uh, so. Oh man. Besides, um, besides of what you're doing now, what is the type of for people out there who haven't been around? 
we haven't really discussed like your music. What is the type of music you say you would uh, you typically make? Um, I honestly, I'm someone who likes to try and dabble through a lot of different things. Like, I've I make I make everything from you know piano piano arrangements. I've done. Uh, I have one that I'm uh, working on for Toho 18. Also, um, I'm thinking probably I'm gonna do two separate albums. One of them is gonna be all electronic music, and then the other one is gonna be more uh, of a orchestra, piano arrange album. Just because I don't want to. I feel like sometimes uh, <laughs> when you're listening to songs in an album and one goes from, you know, get some nice piano or nice orchestra arrange and then you get hit with the electronic, you're like, whoa, oh, hold on. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Uh, I'm- so, yeah, I mean, I've I make every I've I mean, I've dabbled on almost everything. I right now I'm mainly focusing. I'm trying to learn uh, how to do more of the like future bounce. Like I said, mm-hmm. that's something I've been working on recently. Um, and along with that, I'm trying to hone my skills at doing uh, like EDM, more EDM esque genres. So like. Uh, the bigger room house genre, or just anything around there. All right. So yeah, it's 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 very interesting because it feels like the electronic space, at least like since the last time we talked to you, and now has changed dramatically. It, it really, yeah, that's insane how much it's changed. I, you know what? I just thought of this. I remember very specifically the last time we talked to you dubstep was new really yeah it was dubstep was still a very a very big thing that was um that was and that was like so i use a vst called nexus it's by reflex and that was back when i was using uh nexus 2 (laughs) now i gotta go look this up because i actually think hold on now I remember that was a really big thing. People were going crazy over Nexus the VST because it made it made making dubstep really easy because they had a really intuitive uh, like system built in mm-hmm. for okay. making dubstep noises or dubstep like different. Uh, well, I guess Serum would actually be the best because you can actually make a wavetable. So like you can, there's like a way you can make. Uh, it's very hard to explain what a wavetable is. You, you turn some knobs and dials, you move some things around, and sound gets spit out. Yeah. Okay, I have now figured out exactly how far back. I'm about to really throw it back. Oh, boy. So, because I remember something really popular back in the day uh, was Skrillex. Uh-huh. Probably still popular. Okay. The last album, that, or I guess EP that came out was uh the last time we talked to Koishi was make it make it bundem after hours if you don't 
remember, that's the song that played in Far Cry 3 when you were playing when uh, in that game. That was the one that they released with Far Cry 3. We are now on what was it? Far Cry I want to say 6. Seven, yeah, 6 or 7. Something like that's, that. Each one had at least 4 years development or 3 3 year, 3 to 4 years development time. Yeah. Except, unless unless you and, and I'm not counting that that weird like post-apocalyptic one that happened and Far Cry Blood Dragon even though like it's like absolutely the best game on planet Earth. <laughs> Don't lie. I did. Don't lie. It was the one of the I had one of the best feelings of a Far Cry game right. I've ever played. It's right. vapor wavy and uh uh good. It makes me feel good. Well, I remember uh I mean the last time when I was when I last released actually a, an album, it was around the time Knife Party was still still a relevant okay. band. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yo, you wow. remember uh, Third Ire? Uh, what album was that? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't I, tell you. It's been that long. Yeah, oh, boy. I, I don't remember who made that, but yeah, when they made that, that was <laughs> that was around the time. <laughs> Man. Oh. Boy, dude. Knife Party hasn't released anything in so long. Yeah, I, I recall seeing like some of their work just sort of scattered about. I didn't really regularly listen to them. I didn't have any of their albums or anything. But, uh, you know, just uh, on occasion I'd find them online or whatever. Uh, I do indeed have one record of a certain call that happened between one koi fish and one nano satellite. Oh, this so, yeah. Nano the satellite. You need to play this. This is a beautiful clip. All right, so I'm uh, going to have to do a couple things here. I'm going to mute the scheduler. I'm going to switch over to the other mix so that my co-hosts can hear it. And then we're going to swap back and uh, hit play on this thing. So uh, here we go. <laughs> now you say the 56K dial-up modem sound. Is that, is not, that that's Koichi? not the sound of a modem. Is that Koichi calling you to wake you up? Good morning, Koichi. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> that's amazing. I totally didn't pass out. I got you, fam. I got you. I even tried calling to wake you up. Morning, darling. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm waiting for you on the internet. You better get out of bed. <laughs> All right, sweet cheeks. I'll see you on the internet. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> He's just gone. <laughs> Somebody call me an ambulance. <laughs> I hope I provide some enjoyment for you. <laughs> oh my god, that was wonderful. Oh man. <laughs> oh, forever. That is going to be. I, that needs to go somewhere. Just. Yeah, that did go somewhere. There you go. <laughs> oh, that is an ancient 
like oh, that was that is ancient oh my goodness so that is something that's still available on a, an album that we have up there more of sort of a I don't know if you can really call it an album. It's more of a compilation. A yeah. Uh, Gensoki Radio Behind the Scenes Volume 1 is available out there on Bandcamp. It is actually a... Uh, it's effectively free. It's name your own price. Uh, but if you want a physical copy, we also offer those for uh, 8 bucks, And you can get that through uh, there. That's really another thing we should have on our on our store, actually. But um, yeah, that's a, it's an option out there. Just another way to get it out there, so... Yeah. 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 It's kind of funny because uh, if I remember corre- correctly, that was still back in my old studio. Like like I said, like way back in the day. And if I remember very correctly, I was sleep deprived that night because I actually had a paper due. And I was just absolutely losing it because I was delirious, basically. And I'm just hearing this situation unfold before me, and I just could not contain my laughter. I just could not. I just absolutely had to lose it. I was just like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I really love my absolutely just, I've just woken up voice. Oh, what was happening? I, I, I totally didn't get out of bed. <laughs> I think I think the realization that Nano had to call their alarm clock <laughs> to wake up is the funniest thing to me. Oh. Yeah, we've got other classics such as Order of Operations. You can literally, during our show with Nelson the first time, you can hear me, uh, unfortunately, take a take a a sip of water or something and um of course someone was still out, out there cracking jokes and that didn't go very well for me no uh, that was also at the same time where my desk was like literally two steps away from the kitchen so i could resolve that real quick <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> good times i suppose oh so uh an- another question so you're you're working on a lot of this new music, and you've talked about some of the some of the equipment that you you use, DJ Koishi. Uh, what is some of the what is some of the things that you use, and what can you recommend for people who want to start kind of getting into making Toho Electro arranges, or even just like what's what's a good first step to kind of start the process going? I okay, so I mean, I personally suggest. Um, you can get demos of FL Studio. That's a really great way to start. Yeah, to just but mess then, around and stuff. Yeah, because FL Studio demo gives you a lot of options. You, it does. Uh, if you want to save, though, it I think you can't reopen the the file. So that's something to look at. Um, but I think standard FL Studio is not too expensive. Uh, mm-hmm. DAWs are usually. So DAWs, aka digital audio workstations, are usually in the range of starting between like $59 and it goes up uh, like the really big version or the the full end version of Apple Studio is like $399, something like that. Uh, I think 
Reaper is 60 a month, but I think if you want to go commercial, that's like the same price as... Uh, I'm sorry, did you say a month? Not sorry, not a month. It's one license, but I think like the uh, license for uh, the... What's it called? The what they call the enterprise version of Reaper is like 300 something. Okay. Yeah. So DMJ's used Reaper. Uh, I looked up the prices as of this show anyway. Obviously, they're going to change at some point. But uh, the FL Studio Fruity Edition, which is the, uh, the, the cheapest offering, is 99. Uh, and then it goes all the way up to the All Plugins Edition, which is 499. All Plugins Edition. So yeah, um, there's FL Studio. Uh, DMJ's use Reaper. Uh, I've I I use Audacity for these things. I've also tried out Pro Tools, um, some other stuff. But yeah, and, and, I also, and I've, I've I also have Audacity. I've I've messed yeah, ar- I've messed around with FL Studio just to I'd, you know. But and what's really interesting is I've actually I've been hearing a lot of more mashup albums being made with Audacity lately, like completely within Audacity, and I'm actually kind of impressed how powerful it can be for how bare bones it is so that's a good one but like what are what are some of the peripherals that you kind of like recommend if if you're getting into uh this thing because i know a lot of this can Um, be you can kind of digitally do it honestly um oh my goodness my voice just like exploded there for a second (laughs) oh my goodness um but yeah honestly uh fl studio now fl studio 21 is really fantastic if you buy the 99 dollars version of it it comes with a comes with a lot of things that will just help you right away like uh there uh, has good mastering tools um there's there is a vst that is built right in the fl studio it's called flex and it has just it has a multitude of just pretty much every different type of instrument you would want like pianos, it has different orchestra, it has electronic, different like, has like leads, like different synths. It's like actually pretty fantastic. So, and really the thing is that like you can, with basic Apple Studio, you can, you can start like making anything, honestly. It's, it's pretty uh, powerful. Yeah, it's really, it's quite a powerful tool just on its own. Yeah. But like, and I like that uh, we've gotten into this topic of like how people can get into this because this is one of those things where again like I mentioned this at the very beginning of the show a lot of like just huge creativity comes from people who are just fans of the series. We started out by talking about the physical designs of albums and things and that's just one aspect of it. But if you're just looking to get started, be like, "Hey, I think music's cool. It'd be cool to make some uh, you know, how do I try this out?" Well, here you go. Uh, the, the the biggest limitation is, of course, that you can't reopen a save file in FL Studio without buying it. But if you just want to tinker around with the tools, it's a great option. And, exactly. And I think it's actually very, very good for the health. Because, I mean, the health of community, especially when it comes to making music, there's a lot of new people kind of coming in and out. Yeah. And if we... And, I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, well, I would love to make a total arrangement. I don't know where to start. Even though you have like classical, like like you go, oh, I took piano classes or I was in choir or Mm -hmm. I was in a band. And it's just like, well, like, here you go. Here's some of the stuff, like here's the tools so you can kind of get started. And I love bringing it up because it it definitely uh, 
gets people going because i i don't know who exactly like we got the names of countries and listeners on here but i don't know where you guys are coming from or where you're at when it comes to this so it's sparking somebody to go out and maybe like hey i want to try you know making i don't know uh shoegaze toho mixed with i don't know country music there you go that's where you go i would love to hear it even though it's probably going to be strange i will give every piece of music a try yeah yeah we do have one zara that decided to join us hello zara hello zara oh whoa hi it's been hello. a oh whoa oh it's, well. a, it's a koi fish hello it is a koi fish oh boy howdy yeah uh, uh how, how has it been existing uh it, it, existing is existing i Existence. am the being of this planet my molecules are in this plane i am anatomically here all of my atoms are accounted for uh I, I, <laughs> well we'll see how we'll see how uh, we'll see how you feel about that in a week um <laughs> Whoa. Are you telling me my atoms are going to split into different universes? Am I going to you jump? The multiverse, yeah. Um, I will, I will applaud, um, I will applaud Koi Fish for kind of like laying the tools out there and making it easy. But at the end of the day, the, the thing that I will add is that once you have those tools, once you know how it's done, the technicals are pretty, like, technical how-tos are pretty easy. It really comes down to do you want to do this? Do you want to just get it? You just got to jump in there and do it and know that the first few times you do it, it's going to suck and that's okay. Just yeah. keep doing it. Yeah. Yep. Confidence is like the key thing. That is one of the first things that my vocal teacher told, told me is like all of your this first technique. Composition, your first composition will be terrible. Your first video ever will be terrible. Just put it out there. Don't get it. You gotta keep going. That's what I've learned. My my problem was that my music. So I hit this point where my I, I was like, man, I I really like this, but then I uh, I was like, garbage, trash, yeah. terrible. Then, get out then, of here. Yep. And then I was like, oh no, no, no longer like it. And then there was just this this like six seven year period where I was like, I I would make something and then I would throw it out, make something, throw it out, and I would not put it out there. Also, and... put a deadline on yourself. Uh, otherwise, you're never going to uh, you're never going to stop trying to fix something that doesn't yep. need to be fixed. See, that's the, exactly that is something I always try to teach people, especially like if they're starting to get into uh, just creating in general, whether it's art or something. Like I, I love I, I, I always tell Set people, out like, you are your what you want the thing to do before you start, and then you need to force yourself to stop once you reach those goals, because otherwise, you will never stop. You will always be your like worst critic and you're just going to have to accept the fact that other people might say this is good and it might be good, but you need to also take like, don't lose that. Always continue to be your worst critic because that's the only way you can improve. And that is at least the way that I've kind of approached it, at least when I've been trying to reteach myself how to sing again, because it's been a long time. Like last time I think I actually started singing, like actually, like I've been saying, I've been taught like learning how to do growls and screams and stuff like that i've actually only recently have started to get my cleans back in order and it's it's one of those things where it's just like you gotta know where to stop 
but also know like where your points of improvement are and take those in. I find that very, like, I don't know. It might be a meditative thing to me. Uh, never compare yourself to somebody else. Never. Exactly. Ever, ever. Never, uh, ever. That's what, that it was is, a big problem I had. There, there is no accomplishment in being better than someone else. That's easy. Um, the real challenge is being better than you were yesterday. Yeah, exactly. I, I, my problem was uh, I started listening to Camellia and I wanted to make Camellia music, but Camellia is like really good. And then I wanted to sound exactly like Camellia. <laughs> I, I think everybody wants to sound like Camellia when Camellia goes hard. Because like, I'm not kidding you. When I first heard a Camellia song, I'm like, this is like if Snail House decided to go absolutely absolutely. Yeah, right? I was just like, yo. Which is like those are words. That's a that's a sentence. That's a se- snail house going bonkers. <laughs> that's camellia. Okay, I haven't. Yeah. Heard, I need to go back. I, I used to have a ton. Snail house is very yeah. I have a ton of snail house saved on my Spotify. I should go back and listen to snail house again. I need to go back through some of those albums. I need to deprogram myself from sleep token. <laughs> you have no idea how like addictive vessels voices like when we were just recently just now talking about like don't compare yourself to everybody else that was my issue i kept trying to do the british accent even though i couldn't do a british accent in my vocals well like for people out there and lunar can probably attest to this because you were also a choir boy Mm -hmm. when you sing choir they always tell you to sing like you are with a very open mouth and trying to like and my teacher always told me like sing like if you have a british accent yeah round vowel sounds and round and enunciate yeah enunciate round vowel sounds you gotta keep a little license for that voice you gotta put that like pressure on your diaphragm too that was something i always breathe with your breathe breathe with your diaphragm your belly not your chest you did you do the exercise where you had to lay on the ground and do cyclic breathing because that was if, the best way to automatically cause your body to go into cyclic breathing. If we ever did, it would have been like maybe once, but generally no. That is what we, well, that's something we used to do was they would say like, lay down and just breathe and just remember those motions. And that is what you'll use. And what's crazy is, and a lot of people, it's weird. I don't know if everybody does this, but like, I always have spoken from my diaphragm. I'm always speaking from there. And so like, I don't know when to push with my diaphragm. So it's weird. I have this like weird, pro- like thing that was programmed to me in me when I was in, cause I've done choir from first to eighth grade. So it's just kind of like jabbed into me. Yeah. And but in that- my, in my case, K through 12, like I was, I was in my high school's highest ranking choir. If you want to call it that concert choir basically yeah, con- like the choir that you actually had to be decent singing in yeah st- that was the same thing here i eighth grade i was in uh i was in, i was in state i was choir. Ooh, i was in uh i was in show choir for a year in middle school oh yeah did, did show choir were, were you aware of that i was not i never made it to show choir i didn't think we had a show choir no we did it was our it was our seventh grade year and i didn't make it not because i couldn't get in is because I didn't have time for it because at the same time I was doing science Olympiad 
Hmm. They were literally like competing with each other. So I couldn't do it. And I wanted my, I, and I decided to go, the, try to do the academic route versus the, the, the arts route. But yeah. I was like, oh man, dude, like show choir, dude, that is. Yeah. I remember being like the kid in elementary school and like every now and then the teachers would be like, all right. And this week we have like these people coming in from some other school in the district. And it didn't really make sense at the time. It's like, why are they here? Why are they doing this? But I got to be one Not of those even people from the school, dude. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and then and then so one of the things that they would do when they arrived, you know, they they would like obviously like sing and dance some songs and whatever. But mm-hmm. there'd be this segment where they'd be like, "Hello, such and such teachers. I went to this elementary school, so like the elementary kids could sort of relate to them." And of course, when we got to the elementary school that I was in, I got to say, "I went here," you know, and I recognize like two teachers who were standing out there. It's like. You get your like five seconds of fame or whatever. You know, it's just kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I remember there's if you live in the 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 area that I live in, you have probably I want to say it was my eighth grade year. Was it my eighth grade year? Or was it my sixth grade year? I can't remember. I don't know. But on our local TV station, we actually sung christmas carols uh, yeah on the local tv station i remember that being a thing and this was my school with our choir and it was awesome there was a local tv channel that uh, did that as well they'd be at most of the like choir like musical events and things uh you know the 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 like just singing choir the dancing you know like show choir yeah. or uh swing choir is what it was called in high school but yeah it's it's kind of weird like around here there's like there's not a lot of musical claim to fame. I mean, at least in uh, in my neck of the woods. You go to Louisville, you got uh, uh, you got a couple guys everybody knows, uh, especially big name. But like in my neck of the woods, there's only one group everybody knows, and of course, it's all it's in like my my genre of music. If you know the band Knock Loose, you pr- and you are in the metal scene. Which if you're in the metal scene, you know Knock Loose. Yeah, those guys are from like I went to school with all of them. Wow, I, the drummer was like runs in my circle. Kevin, <laughs> he is he is so sweet, dude. He was the nicest kid. He was so sweet. Had the wor- he had that like 2006 to 2010 absolute emo haircut all the way through high school. I would never let him live it down. <laughs> but boy, howdy. That was our claim to fame. And I still to this day think like, oh my gosh, how is knock loose from this area? <laughs> like there's nothing like I remember like the local bands that used to roll around here. And I'm just like, man, I really wish I just like bit the bullet when I was a kid and just did a band. I really wish. Yeah. You know, there was a brief stint. I know we're going off topic here a little bit, but there was a brief stint where I, I had a friend who was like, yeah, we're trying to get like a band together. And so um, it was like, me and i ended up like meeting a couple of random people and like someone's mom who was a heavy smoker i remember that distinctly because i came home and my button-up shirt smelled terrible i was like yeah i don't know if i want to do this band thing anymore <laughs> well, i remember very distinctly when i was like sixth grade i me and my little brother and like a bunch of his friends tried to do a band and he got a guitar he had a drum set and then it never happened yeah <laughs> i remember Man. that kind of stuff mm-hmm. happening but like as a kid i'm always kind of like you know don't don't always doubt your ability just like jump in just do it 
like it might feel weird and you might feel awkward but building that confidence goes a long way especially if you're in the 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 using your body as the instrument like vocals Mm -hmm. confidence is key man confidence builds everything i do want to ask or go ahead uh koichi i think one of my favorite stories to, to tell is the story about how when i was in middle school i played so there's a variant of the trumpet called the cornet mm. but it's just a little bit it's a little bit smaller like only a little bit sounds yeah. relatively the same not uh, a big dude but a little dude <laughs> a medium dude <laughs> a, me- a medium dude but yeah uh i played that for three years so from fifth grade to eighth grade and I remember at the time I would, I would go home and I would like I would practice a little bit, but then I would also be playing the piano at the same time. Like, man, this piano is kind of fun. But I didn't get into the piano until eighth grade. Eighth grade was the year I actually got into Toho, so I started like learning how to play Toho songs on the piano. Sure. And there was, there was one day. Where I walked into the the music room and I started playing Bad Apple, <laughs> oh. and my teacher was just looked at me like was like, "Excuse me, excuse me, sir." <laughs> and they no? like, "What is this?" They yeah, they literally stopped the so this is like right as class was starting. They literally stopped the class, like called my parents. It was like, "Are you aware your child can play the piano?" <laughs> You know what's funny is I've had only that experience once and that wasn't because of my vocal ability. It was because I wrote poems and we had po- we had to write poems in middle school. And I remember this very distinctly because it, it felt really odd. And I, looking back on it, I figured out what it was all about. So seventh grade, I wrote a poem. I don't know if a lot of people remember the, vid- the, the website uh, Congregate. Oh, no. And there was a video game. There was like a flash game series. It was like a, I wouldn't call it escape room, but it was kind of like a point and click. I was big into those. I used to play Mist as, as at like five years old. Okay, allow me to fire up Flashpoint, and you're gonna have to give me the name. Okay, uh, there's a video game series called X Mortis. I don't think anybody here remembers, but it was about like this house, and you had to like escape. There was like cre- there were there's like these horrible zombified creatures that were everywhere. It looked it was a horror game. It was about like this undead house basically. And I wrote a poem about it. And back then they were like they pulled me aside and they were like, "Hey, so like we're going to go through your poem and we're just going to like like we're gonna correct it like you know like every other kid like Mm -hmm. you will get a you would have to go through and correct it but for some reason i was pulled to the library and i was there doing it with somebody i can't remember who it was it was but they were they kept asking me questions while also going through and correcting the poems so i'm thought like oh this is what everybody goes through um i haven't found those poems but i remember very distinctly i was very descriptive and very very like it was, the game was called X Mortis. E X M O R T I S. I remember it very distinctly. Um, like I was talking about, like the wall. Do you realize there are? Th- you do realize there are three games in this series? Yeah, I played all three of them. Oh. <laughs> um, and as you can clearly see, I wrote a poem, a poem about them that were very descriptive. And uh, looking back on it now, I pretty much realized I probably have shouldn't have written those poems because I might have 
uh, scared uh, the school. Oh. <laughs> Thinking that I might ready? have been... You ready for this? Adventure Horror Jump Scare. Official description. You wake up in the woods with no memory of how you got there. Oh Nightmares of blood You're and screams back, still echo through your mind. It's late. It's cold. You're naked and afraid. Unless you can find shelter fast, you won't last the night. You spot a house in a clearing up ahead, and left oh with no gosh. choice, you decide to shelter there for the night. Soon after, you begin to realize that death is a welcome choice compared to what lies waiting for you inside. Okay, so, like, you have when you play these games, it's actually kind of visceral. At least back in the day, at least I remember it being very gory. Bet you if I play it now, it's just like, oh, this is nothing. This is my first Flash game, having only taught myself Flash only a year ago. I wanted to create an atmospheric game with decent graphics, as I have played so many Flash games that kick ass with puzzles, but never pay attention to graphics and atmospherics. Unfortunately, it was a situation where I had to make up the story as it went along, so bits and pieces are kind of batched together here and there. If I had the time or energy, I'd do a few things differently to improve interaction, but I think that in its current form, it achieves what I set out to do. Scared the living hell out of everyone, that is. I'm going to tell you, I have, I think I scared my, my school in thinking like something was wrong in my household with my poems. Huh. That was how that was. How, I remember it very distinctly. And my mom, I remember, I'm probably pretty sure my mom got a call because when I got home, my mom asked me about it. And at the time, uh, there was like this program that was going on where you can fast track into Duke. And I was kind of I, like, I got selected for it. So I thought it was part of that program. I bet you it wasn't. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, hmm. Because I was a really big overachiever when it comes to like writing things. Mm -hmm. And like, they would tell me to write, hey, write a three-page short story. I would return in 11. Uh, so I, I was, yeah. I, okay. I had problems. We, uh, we're getting towards the end here, but there were a couple of questions I wanted to ask Zara about since you joined a little bit later. Uh, uh, earlier in the show, we had a couple of images in the Indigo uh, text chat, if you can find that. Uh, so if you click oh, on yes. the audio channel, there's a little yes. speech button open chat. Yes. Yeah. So there's a couple images in there. The first one. That? So what you're looking at is uh, some actual hardware that we're going to be bringing to Toho Fest in April. Oh. Oh my. What are your thoughts? Um. We uh we, we've kind of left this ominous to the audience, so you can just like look at it and, and like you know just just give me your thoughts like basically the audience may or may not have any idea what we're really talking about aside from the fact that they are speakers uh and they're in they're set up in some way how tall is this so okay so for scale the posts are 10 feet apart and that is i, I tried to estimate the height of what would be sort of the the ceiling oh, quote unquote eight. of the canopy yeah, something like eight or so. It looks like one of those things where you would drape a uh, you drape a curtain over it and then you pull it back and it's like flashy lights and pyrotechnics. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's so much simpler than that though. Uh huh. Uh, are we gonna wrap the cord around the mast? Well, so oh. yeah, I mean, this is obviously just uh, for a sound check, more or less. Uh, right. But the idea is basically. We have a canopy with a 10 by 10 space. Uh, and we're going to put DMJ on stage in the middle, right? As close to a stage as we have, I guess. Are you oh, going to make me dance like a puppet? I don't like this. 
We, uh, uh, you're gonna dance like Squidward. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Oh boy. Um, I'm just gonna tell you right now. I'm not that flexible. I am. I know I play a lot of Splatoon, but I am not a legitimate you squid. Better, so better limber up. <laughs> I'm not a legitimate squid, and uh, I'm just gonna say right now, my uh, I'll be closing in on. Oh God, I was about to say uh, something. Ooh, closing in on thirty this year. 30, 30 in June. Oh my gosh! Welcome to the world. Boom. Do I get? Oh, boom. Does that? Does, what was it? <laughs> when we were in, we had to have like there was this thing where at work where they were talking about like uh, harassment training, and one of the questions that came up was like, what? What in uh, in the United States? What legally labels you as elderly? In at least in the eyes of the government, forty-five. Oh. Ooh. And I'm like, what? Does that mean I can take? Does that mean I can take out the social security I paid in at 45? That'd yeah, be nice. I've I've never heard of that definition. I I know it's... that when we used to sell like senior tickets at the theater, uh, you know, like you go to what was it? You go to the state fair. It's 65 for that uh that ticket price. You go to get a haircut. It's 55. But at our theater, it was 60. So we were right in the middle. What the heck is what? Where's 45 coming from? I think it's 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 the way that they explained it is like where you it's anti-discrimination essentially. Oh. Forty-five is so that you is set so you can't be like discriminated against if you're you know an old like older. looking for a job, but they looking for a job, but there's like an element of ageism or suspected or something. Yeah, so like forty-five is the low end I of see. the spectrum and where you're well, considered quote unquote elderly, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, no, I'm I'm fifteen years away. Yeah, I was sitting there. Don't even, don't even say like, that. Don't even go my there. Brain, my brain was just like oh, no. in overdrive. I was sitting there like You know, 30 is a scary number. We were, we were talking about the folks who do like uh, I'm Actually and uh, Game Changer and stuff. And, you know, there's like one episode. It's like, yeah, just by the way, all the people you see up here on stage are in their 30s. And like, we're going to be able to say that not too long from now. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm only three years away now. Oh my gosh, I am. Am I? I'm. I'm feeling myself withered into dust. Do I even need to just start taking like painkillers? When do the supplements start? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, <sighs> uh, I know I started really feeling it every time I get up. My, my back from from the ground. My back's like. Kuishi, <clears throat> if you don't know, I recently moved into my own apartment. And after the move, I hurt so bad. And I was just like, I moved a near ton desk that I built myself oh my into gosh. my house. No problem when I was a kid. Picking up my computer hurts. What? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> what happened all? <laughs> I... <laughs> there are people out there who don't remember the original episodes of spongebob when they first aired oh, and man. i feel old ah, that i can't make oh, man. i can't make references to old spongebob you're, anymore. You're gonna i watch... had to describe to somebody what ed ed and eddie was oh, what oh man i love ed ed and eddie life oh. opens many life opens many doors ed boy uh -huh. oh my gosh
Ralph. No, yeah, welcome to Nostalgia Hour here on Good Sophia Radio, where I you mean, too can feel I, like you're going to be in a home in I, three years. I remember watching Hamtaro on TV. I saw a picture the other day where it was like Hamtaro when Hamtaro first came out and what Hamtaro looks like now. What have they done? Oh, they, yeah, they, they made they, him a thin boy. They, they got, it's just like what happened with Fat Pikachu. What did they do with my boy? They're supposed I to be round on the weed creatures. dead boy. Uh, yeah. I listen. If they ever brought him Tarl back, I would. I I don't know what I would do. I, Eighty <laughs> born in eighty eight. Wow. Okay. Ninety three here. I remember very specific. And what's crazy is, if I remember correctly, like out of every person I interact with at work, I am almost the oldest i think there's like me there's one other guy in my line that's 50 and another guy that's 56 everybody else is younger than me so i have to there's a lot of things i have to explain to people at work that do not get a lot of stuff so like i can't make references as much as i want to because nobody understands like i had to explain to people what the original halo was like because nobody's played it it's insane to me and this is the show where we got through only five songs because we've been having so much fun talking about things like this. Yep. So, uh, <gasps> much more like a stage five show. This is, a, but you know what? We don't have Koishi on often, and it is fun it, to just have fun. Yeah, it really is. It is. Mm. It's. It's. We. We. We miss you, Koichi. You need to come around more often. <laughs> I, I'm going to so start coming around, around, around more often. It gets, what's it gets, What's it like knowing that? Um. What's it like knowing that? Um. Either today or probably a few years from now, you can play the old uh, dial-up connecting tone, and it's probably uh, more of a scary movie than anything anyone remembers. Oh, people say that now. Oh yeah, no. I have to explain regularly what dial-up was. Oh. Like. Somebody brought in a telephone cable, thinking it was Ethernet. Oh gosh! <gasps> no, 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 no! And no, I had no. to explain Don't say what that. telephone. Cable <laughs> how many? Was. How many people do you know who can tell you what that icon that saves your files actually is? <sighs> okay, you know what? Though I've seen that meme too many times. I bet you somebody out there like they know because of the meme. But the thing is, like, there are things that like people don't know. Like, 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 legitimately, just can't even fathom in their mind. Like, remember back when DOS was a thing? I remember using DOS as a kid. I, I just remember using Windows two thousand. <laughs> okay, guys, literally, am in. Wait, did it upload? The heck? Where did I just put this? Ah, hold on. I'll get it to you in a second. Uh, <laughs> jump the gun on that one. Uh, there is one question I, I we haven't asked. Uh, DJ Koishi, and that is, you know, Toho Fest is coming up in April. Any plans to make an appearance? Um, I'm, I'm gonna say actually, it's, it's pretty likely, but I have to, um, like triple check financing sure. wise because uh, I have somebody because I'm trying to find the only thing I don't have down right now is that I didn't want to pay for a room by myself because that is extremely expensive. Yeah. So I was trying to find somebody, and I haven't been successful in finding anyone who has an open room. Um, I might be able to help you. We can chat after the show if you like. Yeah, okay. we might, we might um, be able to chat a little bit. Yeah. 
because that would be the one last hurdle that I need to get over to be able to actually confirm. Cool. Yeah, because, like, so just, I guess, to reiterate to you as well as everyone else out there, and I know we're over time, but we're having too much fun tonight, uh, we are there as a, as featured guests. We were invited by the staff at Toho Fest to be there, so we are there as guests. Uh, we will have a booth space. We will be there for both days, obviously, and we'll be kind of doing sort of a, a show-like event uh, during the course of when we're there. So we'll be doing that in our booth space, and we'll be inviting people to come by and chat with us, talk about various things. We still have yet to really decide on like topics or scheduling or anything for that uh, while we're there. But you know, it's the general idea. We have, uh, and obviously, if you're there, you're another person who can maybe hang out with us a little bit if you got nothing else going on, and we'll just uh, you know have a good time. If you happen to be in the LA area, my condolences, but um, come along. <laughs> I, you know what's funny? I don't, I'm I'm not from LA, so I have no concept of LA. But. Uh, earlier, there, I was talking about a Twitch streamer that I watch a lot who lives in LA and has to fly to San Francisco. And I'm like, that's not that far. And I'm like, yeah, yes, no, is. this is not. But then I had somebody explain to me what, how bad the traffic is in California. I'm like, yeah. nine hours to get that far? Yeah, yeah. you might as well fly. Four, but it's a 40-minute flight. Yeah. yeah. And I'm making that flight uh, Saturday morning before opening ceremony. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and on, like, on top of that, on top of that, like, you may be used to it, DMJ, because you live, like, out in the middle of nowhere, op like, open, open country. Uh -huh. But do realize that for most people, that is, uh, San Francisco to LA is a, is a very long drive. That is, uh, even without traffic. Yeah. Like, understand that California is about the size of Germany. It's a big, it's big. Yeah, it's big. I'm just, for some reason in my mind, it's just like, because there's another Twitch stream I watch is from Texas, and it's like literally you can drive several hours and still be in Texas. And it's, I'm like, what? It's the same, it's the same length as the as the main island of Japan, isn't it? Yeah, oh, no, what, my, my recurring joke is that if we just swapped Japan and California, we'd be in a better place. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, this trip's going to be fun. I'm really excited. Uh, the big thing, though, is I'm trying to figure out. Okay, so the flight, how am I going to preoccupy my time? Well, <laughs> you... DMJ, this will be the first time I've seen you since Colossal Con. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that terrifying? Oh my gosh. Colossal Con 2016. <laughs> that was seven years ago. Oh, boy. Hey Koi, we're gonna play. Uh, we're gonna play War Game Red Dragon in the hotel room, and if you if you heli rush me, I will slap you. <laughs> I'm gonna. You know what's you know what's crazy? I just thought of this. When we go, you know how many people that we haven't seen in forever are going to be there? Like I just put this. Like I did a mental note. Like okay, we have like, and I'm not even talking about like people we like interacted with pre-COVID. I'm talking about for that. Like, there are going to be a lot of, like, people who have been with the community forever. Ever. And it's insane to me. Like, this is going to be one of the, like, and I'm not even saying this, like, oh, because I'm a, I'm, we're invited or because, like, we're, we're, we're set the hype. What we're kind of freaking out, what I'm kind of, like, freaking out about is, like, a lot of these people, like, 
we've networked with for like ever and now we're all getting invited or getting like or all congregating in one location and I f- it's giving me like that 2013 AWA vibe again yeah uh, by the way, this is the uh, severe weather dance at Colossal Con 2016. Yeah, that's right. There was a severe mm-hmm. thunderstorm. Tornado, yeah, tornado warning. And didn't there a tornado <laughs> pass like nearby? Uh, yeah. It it it, just, it like it caused damage to the uh, Cedar Point. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. Damage yeah. to Cedar Point. Oh boy. Ah. Oh. Yeah. So we're about th- we're we're 20 minutes over. <laughs> we're 14, but whatever. 14. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. So, wrap up, I guess. Yeah, and I guess. We, we can check. Uh, I, I gotta. Chat I'm, I'm late for something else, but uh, we can chat about uh, rooming in April or something. Because um, probably not directly with us, but I know Zara's got some other plans, and if that doesn't work, then I know some other folks that are also looking. So. Yeah. So okay. yeah, do, you won't have to worry. Nice. But, okay. Right. But let's get I, that. Actually, okay. I'm late too. So. Yeah, yeah. Let's get that figured out. Uh, I'm gonna wrap it up here folks thanks for tuning in thanks for i I noticed uh we had a couple of orders come in for things from the store uh i meant to focus or i guess uh feature more music from stuff that we had during our uh, parade of cds so far this is the end of week three we still have obviously up until the end of april or basically just before uh when toho fest begins we're gonna have more stuff posted between now and then so uh yeah once again thanks for your support it's uh that actually helps us uh put together we have sort of a a short list of things that we need to get together for the booth so that's super helpful for that uh Mm -hmm. really appreciate it for dmj zara and dj koishi i am lunar thanks for tuning in we'll see you next time till then